This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is Matthew Cruz with the Comstock Report. The United States currently has 14 free trade agreements, or FTAs, with 20 countries in force. Included, of course, is the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement that replaced NAFTA and the Central American Free Trade Agreement the U.S. has with El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. For USDA's free trade agreements help expand global market opportunities for U.S. producers and exporters. Bilateral and multilateral trade agreements strip away trade barriers, reduce or eliminate tariffs, and promote investment and economic growth. FAS partners with other U.S. government agencies and the private sector to not only negotiate new trade agreements that offer net benefit to U.S. agriculture, but do they? Last month, USDA's Economic Research Service did an extensive study with the intriguing title, Do Free Trade Agreements Benefit Developing Countries? One would think the more pertinent question would have been if they truly offered net benefit to the U.S. So what did the ERS study find? FTAs do indeed boost aggregate trade between signatories, but as you'd expect, the increases are not evenly divided, either between the signatory countries or among various sectors within the signatory nations. That's because the whole point of an FTA is to allow economic sectors with comparative advantages in cost of production, processing, or transportation to capture market share naturally and unfettered by protectionist tariffs or government subsidies. Capital-intensive commodities like grains usually meant comparative advantages to the U.S., whereas labor-intensive crops like vegetables and horticulture gave the edge to countries with low labor costs. I can't resist doing some farm boy math to just compare the change in ag trade in dollars and cents, regardless of the ag trade share of the total with FTA partners. Doing that shows our ag imports grew by $84 billion, while the value of our ag exports grew by just $55 billion. 35% less than the growth in our ag imports. My takeaway then is that from agriculture's point of view, we need to do a better job of negotiating the impact of any future FDAs we sign on agricultural trade in dollars and cents. So what's on the horizon for new trade deals? There are a growing number of proponents for a new trade agreement with the EU. A study from the Brookings Institution is among them. Proponents note that on both sides of the Atlantic, economies are showing signs of turmoil with inflation at the highest level in 40 years and expectations for recession spooking global investors as central banks around the world raise interest rates to choke inflation and defend their currency values against the dollar. At the same time, the Brookings study authors note Russia's war against Ukraine, with implicit support from China, has underlined the importance of more transatlantic partnership in the economic realm akin to NATO at the military level. They're pushing revival of talks toward an agreement along the lines of the transatlantic trade and investment partnership, begun by Obama but scuttled by Trump. Biden's Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, has stated that increasing free trade could have desirable effects on inflation. Indeed, there is evidence that free trade can help reduce inflation through several mechanisms, particularly if it is part of more permanent structural changes that can help ease inflationary pressures. Catherine Tay is the current U.S. Agricultural Trade Representative, 
Touring with Ag Secretary Vilsack in Iowa in August, she pressed on the issue. She noted that while the U.S. could take some unilateral trade actions that might help bring down operating costs for farmers, such as lifting sanctions on Russian fertilizer, she said the administration is opting for more long-term strategies that go beyond the war in the Ukraine. Quoting more precisely, she said, when we are building toward more of a resilient economy and global economy, there is a transition that we need to go through. We can't just throw a switch to change the course of trade policy going back decades. We have to enable the changes that take time to be made. Free trade and globalization has definitely grown with time, with some sectors having won more than other sectors. But it's not just free trade we need to pursue, but fair trade. We need to do a better job negotiating the impact of any future FTAs on agricultural trade in dollars and cents, period. If we don't, then negotiators are actually offering up agricultural trade as a sacrificial lamb to win more favorable terms for non-ag trade. As Winston Churchill famously said, those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. You are listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, visit us online at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 